Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mountain Province Diamonds Incorporated second quarter 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all lines are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Thursday, August 5th, 2021. I would like to turn the call over to Stuart Brown. Please go ahead. Thanks very much, Grant. Um, good day to everyone who's dialed in to listen to our Q2 uh, results call. As ever before I start, I would draw your attention to the legal language covering forward-looking information and indeed the reporting information. Today, Perry and I will deal with the presentation and then the team will be available for any questions you may have. I'm going to deal, jump in straight away and deal with the production results. If you look on slide four, you can see our high-level production stats for the quarter. Obviously, compared to the same quarter last year, we are well ahead in all categories with respect to waste and ore tons, mined as well as tons treated, grade, and carrots recovered. The second quarter was also significantly better than our first quarter, 2021, where we lost nearly a month of production due to the COVID outbreak in February. Mining productivity rates have improved in the second quarter compared to the first quarter of this year. Our ore production was excellent, allowing us to rebuild our Kimberlite ore stockpiles as we emerge from the COVID pandemic. This is pleasing to achieve as it gives us a lot of flexibility and a further buffer should any further COVID or mining issues occur. The process plant has continued to run well all year, and in particular in the second quarter, where approximately 9,000 tons a day is what we average during the quarter, and just over 800,000 tons are treated, the recovered grade, as per our plan, continues to perform well at nearly 2.2 carats per ton, which is um, after the changing of the bottom cutoff, so that was very pleasing. In total for the quarter, we recovered just shy of 1.8 million carats. If we move ahead to slide five, you can see our quarterly stats on a sequential basis over the prior five quarters. You can see that except for total mining tonnage, the GK mine is now running at the top end of performance since the COVID-19 pandemic began. We've, also, we've obviously got clearly more work to do to achieve our annual mining rates to get us to an average where we can exceed the 40 million tons per year. But we've got a clear path to normalization of production. And we've had a very good uptake with our vaccination rate running over 80% now. We're trying to catch the stragglers so we can minimize the COVID risk change the way our workforce is rotated. So we feel we're moving in that. And the good weather that we've been having has allowed us to increase our production rates over the past month. But I'd like to hand over to Perry, who will cover the financial performance. Thanks, Stuart. Good morning, everyone. As Stuart mentioned, I'll cover uh, the financial highlights uh, for the second quarter, which has certainly been our best quarter uh, financially since the start of the COVID uh, pandemic. As normal, all the figures I've mentioned will be in Canadian dollars unless otherwise stated. 
Uh, if you're looking at the webcast presentation, uh, I'll be on slide six. Uh, from a financial standpoint, our quarterly sales uh, were very good, despite uh, only completing two scheduled sales in Antwerp compared to the three that we originally had planned. Uh, we had to cancel our May sale uh, due to the lost production volumes um, as a result of the February stand down. What uh, carrots we did have available for that sale were pushed into our June sale. Our revenue of $75 billion was more than double that of the second quarter of 2020. We sold 719,000 carrots at an average price of U.S. $73 a carrot compared to 757,000 carrots at only uh, $37 U.S. a carrot in the same quarter in 2020. This is obviously due to rough diamond markets now trading at almost full capacity with strong demand and, significant, and a significant recovery in rough diamond prices compared to uh, the same period last year. I'll mention that included in our uh, top line revenue uh, is 10.4 million from our share of the upside from the finalization of the Dunebridge uh, diamond purchase agreement uh, with us. Uh, this is slightly ahead of our expectations uh, and their final sale uh, went uh, exceptionally well uh, due to the continued recovery of the rough diamond market. Uh, I'm gonna turn it back to Stuart uh, in a bit uh, who's going to cover uh, the market in a bit more detail. But overall, we saw robust uh, price growth across all of our product categories, uh, both of our uh, quarterly sales, uh, as well as the sale we just had uh, completed recently in July. Uh, translating that into financial results, uh, we generated $38 million in adjusted EBITDA at a very positive EBITDA margin of 50%. For the first half of 2021, we reported total revenue of 129 million and 50, 57 million in EBITDA, uh, which translates into a 44% EBITDA margin. Uh, in terms of net income, we reported uh, net income of 22.5 million for the quarter, or 11 cents a share, which comprises the majority of our net income for the first half of the year. Uh, if you want to move ahead to slide seven, uh, just in terms of uh, a quick highlight on where we came in as far as cost, cash costs per ton were markedly improved at $97 per ton for the second quarter compared to $125 per ton in the same period in 2020 and $139 per ton in the first quarter of 2021. This is due obviously to the continued strong throughput through the plant and fewer COVID-related issues. On a per carat basis, performance is equally strong given the high grades being recovered. Uh, finally, uh, I'll just turn a bit uh, to our balance sheet. Um, we ended the quarter uh, with $35 million uh, in the bank um, compared to the $31 million we began the year with. As previously disclosed, we entered into a short-term uh, bridging facility with Doombridge in May 2021 uh, to provide uh, temporary liquidity to make up for the canceled May diamond sale. We ended up drawing a total of U.S. $31 million in May and June for cash flow purposes, uh, as well as our June interest payments. And following uh, our June sale, we re began repayments of the uh, term facility right away. We repaid $11 million, U.S. $11 million of the term facility uh, before the end of the quarter, and uh, just before the end of July, we paid a further U.S. $8.5 million 
leaving a current uh, outstanding balance of only uh, US 11.5 million. We anticipate uh, repaying that final uh, US 11.5 million following our next diamond sale in September, which is almost uh, three months ahead of schedule. So based on that, from a liquidity, from a liquidity standpoint, uh, we believe we're in good shape. We're currently in discussions with Doombridge to extend the U.S. $25 million revolving facility, which is up for renewal at the end of September. Following the renewal, the company forecasts having sufficient liquidity going into 2022, uh, and the company will then focus attention on uh, bondholder engagement for our senior notes maturing next December. Um, it's good to see a much better set of financial results and better cash flows as we emerge from COVID. So with that, I'll turn the presentation back over to Stuart. Thank you, Perry. Um, it's really good to hear about the results like that and see the change that we've seen over the last uh, three months in particular. But let me move on to the markets. And all I can say is, wow, what a change in the market. The diamond market, for a lot more confidence, is now very strong. Over the last six months, we've seen a massive recovery in rough and indeed polished diamond prices. The average values per carat we are fetching at ourselves across the various sizes and qualities we offer are very good. We expect to see some further recovery in some of the lower qualities in the second half of the year as demand for these diamonds increases and has been increasing over our last couple of sales. No doubt the impact of COVID was profound on the industry for the majority of 2020. And the recovery we are now experiencing that is most welcome is due to a number of factors. I'd like to just go through a few of those. The considerable cutting of production forced due to COVID primarily and voluntarily by the major producers helped reduce rough coming onto the market at a time when the market was somewhat unbalanced. Those of you who follow the industry closely will remember there was a lot of overstocking coming into the crisis and it was always wondered how this would be um, rebalanced. Well, obviously COVID helped massively with that. The, the lack of sales from particular the De Beers and Al Rosa allowed the polished and rough stockpiles to reduce during this period. Although retail sales were initially affected quite badly, China recovered very quickly and started fueling the demand for rough which translated into the polished uh, as their retail sales recovered quite quickly. And now we've seen other traditional markets have opened up. We've seen a huge amount, seen a huge amount of discretionary spend directed at jewelry sales. The US and China have led the recovery, which has now translated into very good demand for rough and polished and shortages are being seen in certain categories. My view, the diamond pipeline is now much more balanced. Rough production is yet to fully recover and together with a very strong recovery in retail sales, it's fueling the strong demand for rough diamonds. And we've seen that translate in our last three sales, and indeed the sales of Junebridge executed in the middle of the year. It's now almost a year since the Argyle Diamond Mine closed, which has also had a very positive impact, reducing the availability of a huge volume of lower quality categories of rough diamonds. When all these factors are taken into account, it is translating into a much more confidence in the industry. And the diamond industry has always been driven by sentiment and confidence. You can see from slide 10, where we have shown the data compiled by Paul Zimniski, how the recovery has impacted the sales levels as well as the reduced inventory levels, which I think is the critical point that people should focus on. 
the majors are forced into a strategy of quality over quantity. Production levels are yet to return to pre-COVID levels, and inventories are being sold down as demand strengthens, and has now reached levels where I don't think that's able to happen again. Price levels have increased significantly from the lows experienced in 2020, and this has obviously helped boost our average value per carat. I expect the market will remain strong for the remainder of 2021, and we will then head into the all-important retail season, which is predicted to be good with the global retail sales building on the current good levels. I think travel as a discretionary expense is yet to fully recover, and consumers are finding new products and ways to spend their money. This money is also finding its way to the diamond jewelry sector, which is beneficial to all participants in the diamond industry. So in summary, I think we've had a very good second quarter with a recovery seen in lots of areas. The mine has performed well, our sales have gone well, and importantly, our average value that we're receiving for our diamonds has recovered significantly, and this has translated into more cash on the bottom line. So what I'd like to do now is just summarize what we're going to do over the coming uh, months and the remainder of this year, so our key focus areas. Obviously, off the back of a good performance in the second quarter, we want to continue with this good momentum and achieve our production guidance. So far, so good is our assessment of the year. We are doing well on carrot production, and have had a good first sale in July. And with three sales left, we will achieve results that are considerably better than what we were looking at when we were starting this year, and when the future was very bleak. Having said that, we are still very wary of the potential impact of COVID-19. Although we have reduced the risk considerably on mine, we are still very vulnerable as the mine is a remote location, and we are maintaining all our protocols. Thankfully, we've had a very good uptake of vaccinations, which is very helpful. Moving on to the Kennedy project, with respect to this, what we are now doing is we're going to continue with the necessary permitting activities, but we are planning for 2022 more greenfield exploration. We think the project would benefit enormously from additional ore to add to the Calvin and Faraday ore bodies. There are some very good anomalies that we've worked up and targeted. We've got a whole new data analysis tool as well as an exploration tool, and we are planning to undertake some drilling in winter 2022. This is relatively inexpensive and gives us our best bang for our buck. And if successful, we'll potentially enhance the project by adding to the ore inventory. With respect to the mine, over the past three months, we've been assessing the life of mine planning options after taking the effects of the COVID interruptions into account. We've replanned the mine and moved the ore around. And where we are now is we have a solid production plan that continues the life of mine to 2030, but we've upped the plant capacity from a normal average of around 3.2 to 3.3 million tons has now been increased to 3.6 million tons that we can process through the plant. We are busy finalizing the refined planning and then overlaying the posture effect the plan. This will be completed towards the back end of this year. Better dollar per carat levels are helping to improve the economics of the JV, which is positive. Perry has mentioned the management of cash and debt. The diamond price recovery has led us to feel more confident we'd be in a position to repay the short-term facility ahead of time at the same time, we're completing our negotiations with Junebridge on the revolver extension. This will then allow us to complete the finalized mine plan and focus all our attention on the bonds that mature in 2022. 
Overall, we've had a very positive second quarter, which allows us to face the rest of the year with cautious growing confidence. Our mine planning, helped by scheduling improvements and revenue per carat increasing, is looking more positive. Our cash position has improved dramatically from May, which also adds to our confidence to get to the end of the year with a good level of cash in the bank. With an extension of the revolver, we currently predict, absent any unplanned disruptions, we'll be in a position to repay during the first half of 2022. So that's my conclusion, and with that, I'll turn over to address any questions that we may have after an excellent second quarter. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star, followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. Your questions will be polled in the order that they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star, followed by the two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by one. Uh, Operator, there's a um, a question that came in uh, by uh, messaging from uh, Kieran Hodgson uh, from Pamir Gordon, which uh, I could address uh, if that's a good time. Okay, please go ahead. Uh, he says, good afternoon. Would it be possible to gauge the impact of foreign exchange on the financial results, if any, please? Uh, that's a great question, Karen. That is something that uh, I addressed uh, during our last quarterly call as a potential headwind was uh, foreign exchange. Uh, the U- U.S. Canadian dollar exchange rate uh, has been quite volatile uh, year to date. Uh, we started the year, you know, close to the 130 range, which, which is obviously what we budgeted for. And by the time we got, you know, to our first quarter earnings call, it had dropped all the way. It basically ten- strengthened by 10 cents uh, all the way down to the 120 range. Uh, you know, as far as a, a U.S. dollar revenue generator, um, you know, each each uh, penny movement uh, in the exchange rate has about a $2 million impact on our bottom line. So uh, overall, I would say second quarter was probably, um, you know, the, the lowest point in terms of uh, uh, what the effect is on our bottom line. Uh, it has since, uh, you know, exchange USD CAT has since bounced back to the 125 level. So overall, I think uh, um, I would say the impact on the second quarter, given our two sales, uh, compared to what our expectation was probably in about the $5 million range. Um, and back at the 125 level, I think uh, we're much more comfortable going into the rest of the year. Your next question comes from Martin Rohare from MSR Capital. Please go ahead. Thank you. It, regarding the Kennedy North asset, is there any news you can share with us at this time? Thanks, Marta. Yeah, so 
we've been looking at assessing a mine uh, optionality around that and how we could develop that, and, and we've engaged uh, with external consultants on that. We, we've got a certain volume of ore that we can put through a mine plan, but in order to extend that plan, it's quite a lot of capital to invest. Um, we think right now we're going to focus on greenfields exploration. We've got a number of targets that we haven't explored in the past, um, and we've got some additional targets that are very close proximity to that. So we're assessing that, and we will be giving an update to the market in about a three weeks' time um, on our plans for next year and, and more detail there. But it involves drilling for more kimberlite. The more kimberlite that is diamondiferous that we can add enhances the project. We've done the trade-off studies on that. And that's the best I can give you right now. Well, thank you very much. Your next question comes from Chris Green. He's a, a private investor. Hi, thank you for taking my question. I don't know if you're able to answer this, but uh, what percentage of your mining staff have been double vaccinated? And if, unfortunately, there were to be another outbreak like you saw in Q1, do you see a different outcome? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Matt, I think, can you, I think we're about about 70%. We've got over 80% of our workforce have had one dose, and I think it's about 70% plus that are double dosed. Um, and we've still got all the protocols of testing before people arrive on site. So we see that risk is dramatically dropping, and we're focusing on the remaining unvaccinated staff. Um, it is very difficult to try and avoid, um, if we have an outbreak, that is very difficult to keep the mine running. Um, but we have got different optionality now because we've got far less of a risk with that happening. So we do think that risk is minimized, and we are looking at ways to ensure that we get 100% of the workforce vaccinated. Um, so we probably Thank would react slightly differently and have more cooperation. You know, We had a lot of cooperation with the health authorities um, in the past. I think there's one more question I've got on the um, web, which relates to when can we get an update of price increases for TUZO? Um, as far as I'm aware, the, the, the TUZO goods that we had sampled have just been processed through in the production area, and um, Reed will be including those in our next uh, couple of sales. So it'll be probably two more cycles before we have some direct feedback on the impact of that. Obviously, we're seeing the Diamond prices increase, so I think the, the Tuzo diamonds have been getting more valuable as they've been sitting in the safe where we've been analyzing them, so we've benefited from that delay. Um, but yeah, onwards and upwards with diamond pricing. And Stuart, I think there are two related questions on exploration. Uh, one a question from Karen in terms of uh, the recovery in diamond prices has seen other producers change their investment plans. Have you considered other operational changes or increases in investment pertaining to the exploration phase? And then a related question from Paul Zimniski is, uh, any additional color on the upcoming winter drill program and what the areas of focus might be? Yeah, okay, let me deal with the exploration from Paul. Again, Paul, you know, we've got what we would call the Kennedy Ground, the Kennedy Project, which is to the northeast, which is almost adjacent to the mines, about eight kilometers from the mine uh, where we got our main 
Faraday and, and Kelvin Kimberlite, and we're looking in that area where we got that extra ground about a year ago where we took out more ground. That's in close proximity to the mine. We're busy finalizing um, the targeting right now. There's some software um, updates coming. There was a bit of a weather issue. And as I say, in about three weeks' time, we'll be able to put an announcement out giving full detail on this. I'll just sort of give a brief update today. Uh, so remind me of the other question, Perry, please. Just in terms of um, operational changes or increases to investment okay, yeah. relating to exploration. Yeah. Yeah, I think the exploration, our confidence in the, the diamond market or with our long-term life of mine plan, as I say, goes to 2030. That's excluding any of the Kimball that can potentially come in from the Kennedy asset. So we think it's a good time now to invest in, or we haven't focused much on additional Kimberlite. Because the biggest inventory change we can make there is obviously it helps extend the mine as long as it's economically profitable. Um, so I think we're looking to invest more in Greenfield's exploration early um, in the 2022 season. And again, that will be included in the, um, the update announcement when Tom McCandless, our lead geologist, is completing that work. From an operational perspective on the mine, we did change the bottom cutoff um, by about the end of May this year. Uh, that discards the very small diamonds and allows us to increase the, the throughput uh, through the mine. And we're going to maintain that strategy for now. The trade-off economics is certainly benefiting as the top end of the diamond price range has increased the most. So that's helping our average value per carat enormously. And we're not losing very much on the bottom end. It's you know only a couple of million dollars, but we're gaining far more at the top end. Um, so I think that's about it for operations. We have maximum capacity there. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed. Okay, I think Perry, there's a question from Scott. You may want to have a look at that. Yes, uh, uh, Scott McDonald from Scotia. Uh, he has a question on one: our second quarter cash costs were below guidance. Uh, do we expect this to continue in the second half? Uh, overall, we do, Scott. Uh, obviously, there are, you know, as as Stuart mentioned, there's still some potential risks with COVID, but uh, all things considered, we do expect to come in uh, at least at the low end of the guidance range and, you know, potentially below uh, annual guidance uh, as long as, um, you know, production holds up and, and we don't have any further disruptions. Uh, secondly, inflationary cost pressures uh, in connection with labor and consumables, especially diesel, are, and what our expectations are going into 2022. Uh, fortunately for us, in terms of uh, diesel, uh, you know, we did our, our uh, winter purchase uh, at prices, uh, you know, basically in line with budget. I think we were within about five cents per liter delivered uh, within budget. So, uh, so we're set, obviously, until the next winter road supply. So we'll have to see what, uh, uh, what diesel prices are like. Uh, early 2022, but basically, if you look at wholesale refinery prices, uh, you know, January to March, you know, that's essentially our, our buying period and uh, and will have the biggest effect on us. As far as labor, certainly the labor market in Canada is very tight. Uh, in the mining industry in general, um, you know, most of the key commodities that Canada produces are at uh, 
very high level. So there's a lot of mines uh, operating at full tilt, uh, which certainly, um, you know, does draw, um, you know, from the same pool of workforce. So certainly we are seeing some pressure. Um, we'll see what the effects are, you know, that, now that the wage subsidies uh, have been reduced. Um, but overall, it's manageable at this point, and we'll have to uh, take a further look later in the year. Thanks, Terry. I think that basically covers all the questions we've received. Um, so at that stage, I'd like to thank everyone. We'll sign off now. So, you know, really good second quarter. We're looking good for our, our third quarter. Our July sale was good. We're expecting a strong September sale. Uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you in the, the end of the third quarter. Thanks very much for those that dialed in today. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.